Let me roll. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to my next episode of my podcast, If Comedians Rule the World. And this time around, I am going back to my roots, back to my roots, back to, back to where I was uh, created by my parents. You know, my parents, they were so wonderful. They, 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 they made love in Nigeria and then they gave back to me in Liverpool, you know, British passport straight away. Look, uh, I want to start by just thanking everyone who has continued to download my podcast uh, and my episodes. It's been very, very encouraging. The last one was with Kate Kopstick, the comedy reviewer. I called it the rant because she ranted throughout that one hour, 48 minutes. I hope you enjoyed um, the episode. It was uh, fantastic focusing on comedy, politics, government incompetence, and how she would want to have her own world. With no further ado, I want to introduce you. I said to you that I am um, going back to my roots and I, I would like to introduce you to my next guest. You may remember that uh, the first uh, musician that I had on my podcast was Ola Onobule. I have someone very similar, but a very different type of music. Uh, his name is Babidele Ola Tumbosun Shosimi. And uh, it's a very long African name. And uh, I am the only one who can pronounce it. No one else can pronounce it better than I have done. Uh, he's known as Dele Soshimi. He's a Nigerian British musician. Uh, he was born in Hackney, believe it or not. His career began with he, when he joined Fela and Nicola Kwakuti, Egypt 18, 1979 to 1986 then created Positive Force Band with Femi Kuti. So not only did he work with the late Fela Kuti, he has worked with his son, Femi Kuti, with whom he performed from 1986 to 1994. In both bands, he was key ball player, also musical director, taking care of reorchestrating and arranging music, as well as handling the recruiting and training of new musicians. Based on Afrobeat, Dele's Mukis is a blend of complex funk grooves Nigerian traditional music, African percussion, underpinning the jazz horns and solos from other instruments, as well as rhythmical singing. His keyboard can be heard on several of Fela's albums. So whenever you listen to Fela's music and you can hear the keyboard, this is the man behind it, as well as some of Femi, Femi's um, albums as well. Dele has performed often with Tony Allen. Following, Look, let me tell you, his career history is so long, I could be here for the next two hours just reading this all out. So uh, Dele, he also has an English name. You know, when I booked him for this, uh, his manager said, uh, Delbat will be ready to podcast and uh, be ready for the interview. I said, Delbat, <laughs> from Dele to Delbat. You know, there are lots of Nigerians who came into this country. They didn't have English names until they arrived here. And then they started. I don't remember him as Dele, uh, Delbert. Well, he says he's Delbert, but that is fine. But on a serious note, uh, I also have been following him. Uh, he was one of one of the rare musicians I followed when I arrived in the UK. And I would I would be perfectly honest to you that I didn't really appreciate Afrobeat. I didn't appreciate Fela until I came into the UK. And there were so many Nigerian joints uh, when I arrived in the UK that I used to visit. Quite a few of them around Elephant Akaso, 
not London, and he was instrumental, instrumental in organizing those nights. So I always like to say no, with no further ado, Dele, how are you? Welcome. It's, a, it's, 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 it's wonderful to have you here. I, I'm not even going to start by saying you don't have posters of me behind your, 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 your background, but I can see that my posters are competing with your posters as well, because we're both performers and this is an opportunity to promote ourselves. So how are you dealing? <laughs> I am very fine, thank you, dictating president. <laughs> uh, it's a pleasure to finally be part of this. And um, yeah, I've been looking forward to the chinwag. Yes. Because uh, this is a chinwag, isn't it? No, it is. It is a chinwag. And you know, it's a very small world because um, there was someone who asked me to pass a message to you today called George Luke. Apparently, yeah, George Luke. Yeah, he's a cool brother. Yes, I remember him. And I gave a quick shout out saying hello. I saw it on Twitter. Yeah. Um, oh, it's a, yeah. like I said, it was, it's a small world because um, I woke up this morning uh, planning my day and I normally check Twitter and I checked Twitter and I just saw this tweet saying, oh, I remember President Abonjo's uh, uh, performance because uh, David Olushoga is doing something of, I don't can't remember what it was, but he just mentioned Fela. And I remember that gig that I attended because Fela's photo was on the wall at that time. And I just said, wow. Before I start, folks, I have to acknowledge the fact that Baba is here. <laughs> this is where I come from. And then boom. And I felt because it was such an, it was outside London in a very predominantly white environment. That photograph of Fela just made me feel very welcome. Just made me feel like, oh, I'm at home. Baba is watching me. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, kind of like, I, you are, my brother, you did where you did. Nothing will happen. You can't die on stage. So let's start, let's start with your name. What does your name mean? Apart from the fact that it's very long, what does it mean for my listeners? What does Bami Dede mean? Well, I would digress before I regress. Mm -hmm. Just like you said earlier, your, your parents made love in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. And then you were born in Liverpool. Yeah. My parents made love in Nigeria. And then I was born in Hackney. <laughs> my, my mom just arrived on the 10th of February. Wow. And then I was born on the 22nd of February. Wow. So I just scraped it. So me too, I now had Britico, <laughs> British Party. You know? yeah, yeah. So, now, in the Yoruba culture, most of the time, they'll give you a name that is relevant to the circumstances. Yeah. Born abroad, may you step foot back home. Mm -hmm. So, Bami, daily. Okay which means you will step back to the motherland yeah. with me mm -hmm. or with us, your parents. So yeah. then you never ending fountain of glory, prestige, honor, wealth, you know, Allah can be in a couple of different con uh, contexts. Yeah. So Allah, that's wealth. Uh, culture, tradition, integrity, and the good qualities of man. Two mm -hmm. never-ending fountain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And of course, most of us, you always have to have an Olato Kumbo mm -hmm. because we came across the seas. Mm -hmm. So that is my, so because B-O-O, Bamidele Olato Bosu, Olato Kumbo. The greatness that came across the seas. Wow. Then she'll see me, let there be peace. Wow. 
Wow. You know, most Yoruba words can, it would be not pigeonholed. You can mm -hmm. take it into different contexts. Mm -hmm. Let there be an end to strife. Mm -hmm. Let there be an end to poverty. Mm -hmm. Let there be an end to dispute. Mm -hmm. Let there be an end to wars mm -hmm. or bad deeds, you know. Mm -hmm. so, but since it's a family name, I believe there was a time when there was a lot of um, um, there's a lot of uh, struggles, strife, fights, quarrels, whatever. Mm -hmm. And my family were one of the ones instrumental to bringing in the reign of peace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, wow, that is really deep. Um, what about the 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 the, the name Delbert? Where's that Delbert was given to me when I came here. <laughs> Because they couldn't say Dele. And because I was working with a lot of Europeans, mm -hmm. English people. Mm -hmm. I'm say Delhi. I said, no, it's not Delhi. It's Dele, the same note twice. Mm -hmm. Dele, mm -hmm. not Dele, mm -hmm. not Dele. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dele. Mm -hmm. If you start high, stay there. Dele, mm -hmm. Dele, 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 Dele. And on and on. But not Dele or Dele. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. So then he said, okay, you know what? Just say Del. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that is it. Hey, Del. Mm -hmm. Then after a while, they started roasting me. Hey, Delbert. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not, an, it's not a real name. It's just okay. friends and, you know, work colleagues, comrades. They want to take a, a PIWS. They'll be like, hey, Delbert. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. <laughs> So that's the Delbert. Yeah. Do you think, because just well, more on, on the name, because it's obvious that certainly in, in terms of me, my my real name is Benjamin Bankole Bello. Uh, and Bankole means build a house. And uh, my parents actually were building a house. They were building a house when I when when they had me. So, mm. you know, I, I thought about it that what, what, my, my parents were in an empty house making love while they were <laughs> before they created me, you know. But on a serious note, when I came to England as well, I realized that they couldn't pronounce my name properly. And even though I had this English name, Bancule. Yeah, Bancule, I was reluctant to use the name uh, Benjamin as a, as a name, uh, but yeah. I had to. But I decided that, okay, fine. Actually, it sounds really posh because it's a double barrel name. My real name is Benjamin Bancole Bello. Just like Jacob Rismar, DBB, the three Bs. So I said, yes. <laughs> I'm alone now. I can't use it. Why can't I use it? So I, I, I decided at one point, Bankole, just because they weren't pronounced it properly, I dropped the name Bankole. Then after a while, I just thought, no, I'm not. And I included it as a middle name. The day I included it as a middle name, hey, what happened? Why are you calling yourself that name now? Blah, 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 blah. Like, you know. <laughs> Then you tell them the meaning because you know your name mm. is also one of those names that you can actually expand the context. Yes. Because at the because there are many kinds of houses. Yes. Bankoliola. Bankoliola. Bankoli easy. Bankoli yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. So there are lots of things. So it could be a concept of build a house of wealth. Mm -hmm. Build a house of knowledge. Yes. Build a house of wisdom. Mm -hmm. 
so you, you have a lot of responsibility. So you're actually living up to your name because as now you're, you, since you're now a, 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 a presidential dictator <laughs> and you're, you keep, you've been building and you're still building. Yes, so Yes. Do you think, because obviously, like I said, our parents, they spent a lot of time thinking, you just couldn't pluck a name from the air. It takes a while. At times it could take seven days. They have some kind of consultation. Do you think now people don't think about the names they give their children and they just pluck a name, poxy, proxy, you know, they just pluck a name without even thinking? Well, I don't believe so because um, if you're looking at our part of Nigeria, where mm. we come from, say Southwest, Southwest, mm. uh, the Yoruba mm. commune, most of us still still believe in it's the only Uruko. Mm -hmm. Each person comes with with a, with a, with an Ori, mm -hmm. so most of the time. Traditionally, they will go and make sure there are different kinds of uh, consultations mm. to find out which soul has come. Mm. Or if you are a Christian, mm. through the Christian way, you mm. pray, mm -hmm. some people will see vision, some people mm. will be in a trance, and then they'll come up and say, oh, this, this soul is blah 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 and then depending on that they will now there will be names mm -hmm. and then there will be orikis mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. uh, the same thing with the i think in islamic way the imams would would help pray or even just the parents mm -hmm. or the elders mm -hmm. so it could be the elders in the family like you know they have the pillars in mm -hmm. each family Mm -hmm. So like the um, <clears throat> the patriarch, mm -hmm. so like the oldest male in the family, mm -hmm. most of the time it was always be the great grandfather. Mm -hmm. If he's still alive, mm -hmm. most of the time he will name first. Okay. The question I was going to ask is that in terms of the new generation of Nigerians who are based here, are based abroad, do you they think always send, most of them send message back home? Yeah. Okay. Except those orphans, those who don't have. I want you on Mobiton Jijadi. Yes. Yeah. Remember, they, they've lost touch with um, culture. Mm -hmm. So probably they will just pray about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I still believe most of us here are still prayerful. Mm -hmm. So they'll pray, oh Lord, open my heart to give mm -hmm. my child the name that is right for his soul, mm -hmm. his spirit, his purpose mm -hmm. on earth. You know, mm -hmm. and then they'll say, mm, uh, I can't find a name, but you know what? Lord, I thank you. Mm. So I'm going to name this child, Lord, I thank you. Mm. And you, you know? Yeah. So some people do it, but then some people just say, mm, ah, he looks cute. Oh, he looks like a proper baller, a big <laughs> baller. I'm going to give him a big baller. <laughs> so, or I know. I've been at um, a naming ceremony where uh, the father, mm -hmm. he's Nigerian, mm -hmm. and he was saying that he actually went online and researched Yoruba names yeah. and their meanings. Mm -hmm. And because he knows he's, he comes from a Yoruba lineage, yeah. Yeah. 
all the names and until he found a name that said, now, I think, believe this is my child. So yeah. he selected like three or four names from yeah. what he found and yeah. then named his uh, daughter. You know? but, yeah, uh, so... So what it's I would important. yeah. So what I would say to my listeners and viewers is that, uh, especially if you're from the African background, it's really important that you think about the name you are going to uh, give your child because it's really important. It's almost like a blessing, and you can see, as uh, Dele said, I am building, building my audience, I'm building. I'm a president, and the same. He talks about his name, and it's about peace, and you can tell he's so relaxed as he is. <laughs> okay, so a couple of more questions for you, my friend. Um, yes, yeah, so you were born in Hackney, and you went back at what age? Four. Okay, and then you came back when? Uh, 95. Wow, so almost very similar. 95. So almost so very similar. December 2020 made it 25-year anniversary. Wow, how did you mark that? How did you mark your 25 years in England? Um, uh, I just chilled with yeah. my, my, my immediate family, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. there was loads of food, mm. <laughs> there was loads of food and there was loads of, um, reflection on this, this fantastic 2020. Yes. Yeah. Like, when, wow. when I, when I went 2021. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, wow, what a year. And yeah. at the same time, I, I had a, what was it, uh, I was chewing on one um, drumstick. Mm. What a year. <laughs> what a year. <laughs> mm. Yeah. What a year. <laughs> a, bit, a bit of Yorkshire pudding. Yes, yeah, so nice. <laughs> a bit of rice. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I, I just remembered, you know, Bella's full name was yeah. Oluwa Feola. Yes. So he also lived. His name, Fehola, yeah. yeah. spread you know, the joy, spread the joy, yeah. spread the joy. And look at him, how long since he's been dead, he's still relative. Yeah. Being referenced, yeah. everything he sang about is yeah. still poignant. Yeah. You know. so, so, so you, yeah. So you were four years of age when you went back to Nigeria. Yeah. How did you, because I went back to Nigeria at the age of five. And I came back, and How I came, no, and I came back to the UK at the age of um, nineteen. This is what I remember, and I, where well, I remember, I remember leaving Liverpool, falling sick. I had um, ship sickness because they we had to go by ship, and then when we arrived, I saw all these black people. So many, I'd never seen so many black people because I was in Nigeria. And I remember this uncle of mine in those days when I was like, I remember this at five, six, he had tribal max. And every time he picked me up, I always screamed. <laughs> I totally screamed. So I, th I think for me, I don't know whether you can remember, how did you make that transition from leaving Hackney to arriving in Nigeria and then ending up playing in Fela's band? It's a long story. And it's a symposium discussion in the near future, like Fela said. <laughs> in, in, well, at the beginning of his um, track B VIP. But I'll give you a brief summary. Yeah. 
landing in Nigeria at the age of four, after being in London, it was like, God, what? where is this? They gave me ice cream. I said, mm, that's not, do not call that ice cream. <laughs> and they were giving me amala to eat. I was like, what is this black gooey stuff? And then they would do the slimy. Then me that was eh, a jebo, toast, baked things, scrambled eggs, you know, steak and kidney pie, Yorkshire puddings, you know, because the, the <laughs> then they now started bombarding me with a bar. I was like, yuck, yucky. That was initially, mm -hmm. you know, but I got after a while. You get used to it, yeah. Then, unfortunately, my dad was a star mm -hmm. within the banking industry. And before you knew it, he was one of the top, uh, he became one of the top uh, bankers in the country. Before you knew it, he was a fraud in the investigator. And, you know, in the line of duty, he came across a situation whereby the people who had defrauded came for him. Oh, they sent, yeah, unfortunately. And uh, I was around 12 mm -hmm. when it happened. So that just, and that just changed our life as a, fa as a family, you know? Oh, One night we went to bed. The next morning, uh, we had been surrounded by hired assassins, managed to break into the house, killed him, killed his dad. And that's the end of all the beautiful things in our family at that oh, point. Uh, so we had to yeah. yeah, this was 1970. <clears throat> 1975. Wow. So we came back from England, 1967. Between 1967 and uh, 75, he had rose. He had rose. He he was rising steadily within the banks. Mm -hmm. You know, and before you know it, by 95, that was it, end of career. Point. So mom had to now struggle with five of us. Hmm. That was that was my reality check, wake up check. Because it was like, Pew! oh, the world is not as kind. The world is not as straightforward. People are not as nice. The minute you're not relevant to their needs, you become, you know, because you know how it is in Nigeria. You work in a bank. Everybody's your friend, man. Ah, manager. Manager. You know, everybody's your friend. Every Christmas, turkey, goats, uh, chickens, trays of eggs. You know how it is. People will go, ah, manager. Uh, Merry Christmas. You know, I know. After that, there was nobody. <laughs> in fact some people to actually told my mom please stop coming to our household we don't know if they are still trailing you i don't we don't want to <laughs> be be victims of assassinations you know but then i was at i was in Ibubi college mm -hmm. and fella's nephews were students they were my schoolmates in fact uh um his senior brother the minister of health mm. 
his first son was my school father. And he could play all the fella current songs. He could play them on the piano. And I was fascinated, man. How can this boy play all these songs? So I watched, I learned, I, from a very early age, I had a conception of the arrangements. I saw the layout from the low end instruments to the high end instruments and I was like, wow. So math mathematically, I began to figure out the songs at that age and then we had a school band. So of course there was experimentations with the school band. We try and do cover versions of these popular songs like Yellow Fever, mm -hmm. Opposite People, Equalization of Trouser and Pants. Those are simple. Natural as I be this. Now, fine to be that. Fine small, fast trouser anytime. Pant, you know, they get decoration like trouser. Like a button, like a button, like in small pastels at ten times. In go get a rope by force, you know. So that's how before you knew it, I got introduced to Femi because they are his cousins. The minute Femi and I met like it was like boom. Ah, long last my my long lost brother from another mother. We became inseparable. Then he introduced me to Fella. When he won, we went to visit when I was. And he said, ah, because uh, he calls his dad, fella. I felt like this is my friend I was telling you about. And that was it. Ah, yeah, the one, the son of the banker. Sit down. He made me recount. What happened? What's the story? When I told him, he asked a few questions. And it was like, did you and your mom and the rest of the siblings, did you, did you have any psychological counseling? That was the first question. Out of all my dad's friends, all my mom's friends, he was the only person, and I was like psychological counseling. My mom used to work at USIS, United States Information Services. She was the chief librarian there. So our long holidays, we will follow momsy to work. You go into the library, reading the book. When you finish reading the book, you write a summary. Thesaurus, encyclopedia, everything they did. So I just said, you know what? I'm going to go and check psychological counseling. <laughs> then we didn't have Google. Because you can just put it into Google. It will just tell you. But I went encyclopedia, thesaurus, uh, dictionary, everything. Then I realized that autonomy but to have that kind of thing in Nigeria, if you don't have the money to pay for it, forget it. Unlike here in the UK, the fact that you already you were part of the crowd that there was an accident and somebody was crushed in front of you, already you have to have free psychological counseling for that trauma, so you don't have PT, trauma, stress. So. Then he made a pledge. He said, you know, they burnt my house. Your family deserve more. I'm going to make sure that I take this matter on. 
and see what I can do for your family, you know? Ah, I was like, eh? This man that I only just met you, he didn't know me from Adam, but he knew the story of Popsy and he's like, yeah, what a guy, man. You know, meanwhile, I mean, I was just already in the music anyway. <laughs> we were high school. I then convinced Femi to join my high school, which was the Globy College. Mm -hmm. And of course that just meant whenever we wanted to perform, we could go and say, oh fella, can we borrow the piano, the amplifiers, the drum kit? We have a gig. And I said, ah, I'm not playing. Ah, call his road manager, okay. And you go and set up for us. We go and play our in-house spots, or we go and play Holy Child, you know, or go and play in MG, Methodist Girls, you know. So <clears throat> gradually, gradually, then when Fela started his new shrine, that was it. Going to watch, going to watch, going to watch. One day I summoned up the courage and it was like, um, Fela, I've learned these songs. Um, could I um, play the song and take it solo? They looked at me, he was like, you sure? I said, yeah, yeah, you'll be very excited. I was like, oh my God, he's going to say yes. And I said, no, Whoa, the speed with I jumped onto the piano. I played like man, there was no tomorrow. And then that was it. And I got I got a good ovation. I said, ah, that piano sounds different. Who's who's that? Ah, is that Femi's friend? Oh, hey, so that boy can play. Ah. By the time I finished playing. I was dubbed Goldfinger. <laughs> so in the shrine, my nickname used to be the Goldfinger. So that's how I started playing. And then I was still in high school then. Before you knew it, Femi pulled out of high school, said he wasn't doing it. He wasn't doing high school again. Mm -hmm. And he was going to join the band full time. I was like, me too, me too. But I said, you can still be coming to play, mm. but if you haven't finished your GCSEs, you have to finish your GCSEs. Then. But you can still be coming and playing one mm. or two songs like you normally do. So I continued in and the minute, the day I finished my GCSEs, <laughs> from the paper, I just took a, took a bus straight to his place. Hey, fella, I finished. Ah, so I can't join the band now. So, okay. You need two weeks of certain exercises. So he gave me some things to do, two weeks. And then after two weeks, he just put me on the payroll. That was it. And I never looked back. Wow. Hmm. Wow. I've got so many questions, so many questions to ask you. Okay. So um, the very first one. So I, I genuinely did not know about, um, and I should have done some research uh, about your late- No, that's your right yeah, because like dictator. Just let me hit you in the face so you will react to it very naturally. Yes. Uh, yeah. Did you did you ever um have any cancelling as no. I said? No, okay. Did you feel that the music, the music was your way of um taking away, take away the pain? Yeah. Spot on. Exactly. Because I, I you know I'm not a psychologist, uh, but I do have uh, believe it or not, as a dictator, emotional intelligence. So when you were to, so there's, there's been trauma. Um, and I just admire how you've been able to use the music to help you 
I think that's genuinely that's that's what I get from that basically. The other thing I would say is how did your mother respond? Because when I spoke to Ola um, a while back, I said that um, there are quite a number of us who are what we call Ajebotas. So you are one of them as well. I, I, I remember my parents were so, they caught me one day listening to Fela and they just did not like it. They did not like me listening to Fela. They stopped me from listening to Fela as a music, as a, which I, I, I greatly regret because like I said, I didn't get to understand or appreciate his music until I arrived in England. For you, did your mom object to the fact that you were interested in Fela's music and you now became part and parcel of his band? In fact, before my father died, my father was a fan. Okay. So we had records. Okay. Those were the early 70s, Africa 70 hits that were, because they were not as political. The one that was political, it was not even, it wasn't too hard. You remember that one? Yes, yes. In those early days, it was okay, and there was not too much negative publicity yet. So, but after my father died, by then, Fela had had a few scuffles mm -hmm, with the government. Mm -hmm. They had mobilized to burn his house. Mm -hmm. The zombie was mm -hmm. out, you know. Mm -hmm. That was the killer. That zombie, oh no. And because of that, there was a lot of negative, sponsored negative publicity about him. He's mm -hmm. a near do well. He's, he's, he harbors a den of miscreants, mm -hmm. hemp smokers. Mm -hmm. He has underage girls and mm -hmm. sleeping with them, you know, and all those kind of things. So for me, listening to music at home, his music wasn't a problem. But when they found out that I was going to the shrine, I was playing, and I now said when I finished school, sir, I'm going into music full time, I'm joining for last band, he wrote me. Ah, I said no. And my mom, God bless her soul, mm. she wanted me to go into medicine, like because oh, died with my father. Yeah. The minute my dad died, when I saw it, my eyes cleared, I was like, that's it. I would do what, well, yeah, yeah. what I feel is right for me to do, you know. And so I told my mom, I said, okay, yeah. I want to go to America. I want to go study music. I wanted to go to Berkeley. I said, yeah, can I go to Berkeley? Or one of those top schools in America. I said, okay. If you want to go to Berkeley, you can go to Berkeley. 
but you must go to Berkeley, not to just study music. You can study music part-time, but you've got to do either medicine, mm -hmm. law, mm -hmm. accountancy, or do some engineering, do mm -hmm. something, you know, that everybody does. Mm -hmm. And then, because music doesn't pay the bills. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, I'm not doing anything else. That's what I want to do. Uh, I said, okay, if that's what you want to do, I'm no more support. Ooh. I said, okay, no, no problem. So by then, I'd already started playing in Fellas Band anyway. Mm -hmm. And I was very fast. I was a very fast learner. Mm -hmm. Before you knew it, I'd started orchestrating, mm -hmm. writing scores, you know, arranging. Because mm -hmm. Fella doesn't play any song that he has released. That's it. Once it's on vinyl, it's out there. That's it, new song. So when you go to the shrine, you don't hear the records. You hear his latest. Mm. So before and before he come, did you ever watch Fella? Yes, yes. Yeah, not, so before, not watching, not watching. I didn't go watch him live, but I saw, I've seen clips of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, if you ever went to the shrine. Ah, the don't shrine, go to the shrine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if you ever went to the shrine, the structure in the, sh in the shrine, the mm. setup is a, the doors are open from about 9 p.m. Mm. There's all kinds of food stalls. There's mm. suya, there's rice, there's mm. a pounded yam. Mm. People are cooking, you know. So mm. when you get there, you can first of all go and have a meal. Mm. Then from the meal, you go in. The DJs are performing. Mm. There's a series of variety of Mm. There's uh, there's palm wine, there's mm. beer, there's mm. stout, then there's the pow pows, the spirits, you know. Mm -hmm. So then the band DJs will play till around about eleven. Then the Africa seventy will play from eleven till about twelve, twelve thirty or one, and then fella will play from one till five six a.m. So that was the structure every Friday, Saturday, no Tuesday, Friday and Saturday. And it was always then, packed. Yeah, it was always packed. And then Sunday used to be Sunday jump. Mm -hmm. Sunday is when children could come with their mm -hmm. parents because it starts about 3 p.m. and mm -hmm. it ends at 9 p.m. Mm -hmm. You know, so with that kind of a structure, we would then perform before Fela comes. So that we performing, after a while, I started orchestrating the old songs so that we can play those or lady. Or Shakara Ulu Jenny, all those yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like it out to we rehearse, write the home part out because Egypt 80 was not the same as Africa 70. Because mm -hmm. when I joined, I joined Egypt 80. Mm -hmm. Africa 70 were the ones that played Lady. Mm -hmm. They were the players, they were mm -hmm. they played Shakara. So mm -hmm. Egypt 80, a bunch of young new musicians, mm -hmm. they did not play any of those. So to play mm -hmm. them, you had to teach them. Mm -hmm. So me, I just took it upon myself. Call this music, Daddy. So I started scoring, arranging, teaching, wow. and then so we will play before Kerala comes on stage, and we will play all those old songs. Then one of the, and then the budding singers will sing the songs. I never sang in shrine because mm. I, I just arranged and play my keys. Mm. I mean, there's somebody else. Uh, Femi, oh, okay, Femi, sing. Somebody else says, Ah, I can, I can see why black man they suffer. You sing while black man is talking. Somebody will say, hey, can I sing lady? No, I sing lady now. You know? So different members of the band would choose which song they want to sing before fella comes on. And we, I believe that we call that overtures. Mm. You know, like when you go to a theater, mm -hmm. you have the overtures. Yeah. Which yeah. means the preamble. The, the, warm, the, up, the warm up. Yeah, the warm up acts. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. So wow. that's how I picked, up, I picked up my arranging skills. And before, by the time I left, it was easy to recruit when we formed Positive Force. So mm. Premier and I, we got a group of very young musicians together, taught them. Mm. Because to play Afrobeat, it's a, it's a different discipline. You know, and if you're not used to it, you will stumble initially, mm -hmm. especially if you don't have good uh, tutelage. Mm -hmm. But between Fermi and I, we were perfect. With with self-reliable enough, so we just decided <laughs> that you know, yeah, we can go it alone. And before we knew it, mm -hmm. we built positive force. And now I worked with him for nine years before mm -hmm. coming here. Mm -hmm. Why 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 did you leave Nigeria to come? to the UK with so much experience of playing with Fela? Why did I leave? I, my initial leaving wasn't, wasn't to leave permanently. Okay. But by the time I got here, before you knew it, things had changed. Mm -hmm. and I just decided, you know what? I ain't going back. I'm just going to stay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> At least, it's not that. I'm going to overstay. I didn't need a visa. Yeah. I didn't need a work permit. Yeah. Nobody's chasing me. Mm -hmm. And after all, my wife is here. Mm -hmm. My kid is here. You know what? Let me just stay, Gary. Mm -hmm. So I stayed. Because uh, we fell out, man. After I came, mm -hmm. we fell out. So that was it. Yeah. So then your career began in, in the UK. Tell me how that all happened. Well, like you said, experience. Initially, my first thoughts were, I don't, I didn't grow up in the UK. Mm -hmm. I've no money to build a following in the UK. I'm 32 years old. Mm -hmm. I'm already a mature adult. Mm -hmm. Where am I going to start from? Mm -hmm. You know? So I said, you know what, let me go back to you. Mm -hmm. Let me go and study something. So I had applied to, I'd asked for prospectors from mm -hmm. a couple of universities. Mm -hmm. Somebody living in the block of flats we were living in mm -hmm. had been watching me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even know. The guy is from Mozambique. Okay. And he's a musician. Mm -hmm. He's a singer. Mm -hmm. He saw the Glastonbury video. Mm -hmm. Of Bella, live at Glastonbury. So one day he now called my uh, wife then and said, Your husband, uh, he played with the fella Kuti. I see him in the video, in the television. I said, oh, Yes, he did. See, oh, he did. Oh my God, I recognize him. He said, uh, What's he, what's he doing now? Is he, is he play? I said, no, he's not playing. Then I was walking, you know. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I was walking in the Royal Free Hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he said, ah, oh, me, I'm a, I'm, I'm a try, I'm a try to put your, put your band together. If, if he can play with me, I'm happy. Ah, oh, my flat is, uh, please tell him, come see me. Uh, me that I didn't even have my own piano. Because I was like, where do I start from? Mm -hmm. I don't have piano. I can't even afford to buy one. Mm -hmm. You know, let me just go back to uni, Jari. Anyway, so I went to go and see the guy. The guy now was like, ah, yes, I'm putting a band together, you know. Uh, my style of music is Afro-Brazilian, you know. Mm -hmm. So those kind of Brazilian songs with an Afro thing, you know, that 
Afro. So I told myself, well, the problem is I don't have my own keyboard. You don't have a keyboard. Okay, wait. Where's the keyboard? What keyboard? Take it. He gave me keyboard. Ha! Even though it was a it was a Casio. Mm. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you have Casio in Nigeria, you are king. Yeah, 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 Casio. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you look at you, you are not serious. But it is, it's a, it's a, it's a good, uh, it's a, it, you can practice with it. Yeah. So I just, I took the piano and then we started rehearsing, started building his music, and you know, before you do it, he went back to Mozambique, and that was the end. But he left the he left the keyboard with. Yeah. So that just. That just opened up my hunger. I was like, man, damn, I've missed playing, man. But then I've been playing with them, you know, and all that. I was like, man, man, I have to. So one of a very good friend came into town mm-hmm. and then asked me, so what are you gonna do? I said, the first thing that I need to do is I need to get myself a keyboard. Mm-hmm. So let me help. Go and look, look for the one that will actually serve the purpose. Mm-hmm. The one gave me money and I bought a, a workstation. Mm-hmm. So during those days, you used to see me in Elephant and Castle. Yes. That, that workstation, mm-hmm. I press a button, mm-hmm. the guitar starts. Mm-hmm. Or I press a button, you hear, Coco, Coco, Coco. Press another button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Press another button, the bass comes in. Before you knew it, I started playing gigs. I started playing private parties. I started off as a duo. So I had one player and myself. Then after a while, I could then, people were getting more like, ah, this guy knows it, man, let's book him. So I could have two horn players. So I'll have a trumpet and a tenor sax, mm-hmm. or a trombone and a tenor sax, or a trumpet, trombone, and tenor sax. Wow. But still using the workstation, you know. But when you see horns, people just love horns. Mm-hmm. Especially in fellas music, when there's no horns, you can still enjoy it. But when you hear the horns, you say, mm. You know, gets to me. People just go, yeah, my yeah, you know. So before you knew it, I started building up. Then I remember that fella uh, analogy. He was like, as an artist, mm-hmm. you need a place where you can be identified. Mm-hmm. You know, you need a place to grow. Mm-hmm. So I looked. Um, I started playing regularly in Elephant and Castle mm-hmm. every Friday. Mm-hmm. I was there. Then the place got shut down. Then I moved to another place in Kilburn High Road, Booker. Yes, I used Booker. to come to Booker. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so it was me and Mike. Yeah, yeah. Mike, the um, saxophone player. Yes. Before you knew it, we fell out. And then I moved it to another one in Neesden called Hideout. Mm-hmm. And then during the same time, I was doing one offs at Obalinde Suya in Dalston. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in Peckham, mm-hmm. then Calabar Kitchen in in, in um, oh Camberwell. Yeah, you remember Calabar Kitchen? Yes, 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 yes. 
So, I'm, so I started playing just the Nigerian circuit. Mm. After a while, I just got a lock a shot. I was told to come and play at the Queen Elizabeth Hall. I was like, really? Oh yes, hell yes. So I got a shot to play by Joyful Noise was the was the production company. They gave me a slot to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was opening act for Eric Bibb, mm-hmm. the blues singer. Mm-hmm. By the way, he also has released uh, he released a track. Afrobeat track. Okay. A blue singer. Oh, okay. man. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> after that, because of the feedback, I think, then I got a second gig, but this time at the Postel Room, <laughs> headlining myself, you know. Wow. Just me after the orchestra live at the Postel Room. <laughs> so, and then that, from then it was, no looking back. And then mm-hmm. over the years, over the years, over the years, I was doing concerts. I went over to, uh, I got invited to play Joe Avenue's Birdland in Vienna. Yeah. They had a couple of residencies, first mm-hmm. time, well, well attended. Then second time again, uh, three night residency. Uh, and then, you know, and then before you knew it, we started doing a couple of festivals in Europe. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, um, yeah. Then I decided, okay, I need a shrine in London. Okay. So I found a place called the New Empire. Okay. So I started playing six shows a year. Okay. So, no, 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 not six. Four shows a year, mm-hmm. every every three months. Okay. The last Friday of January, Last Friday of March, June, August, November. Yeah. Oh no, last Saturday it was. Mm. Yeah, it was last Saturday. And we start playing at midnight. Wow. Live music from midnight to 4 a.m. non-stop, four hour set. Mm. DJ will play from nine o'clock, doors open, just like the shrine. Mm-hmm. Nine, do, nine, nine o'clock, doors open, people mm-hmm. still playing drinking, mm-hmm. listening to the DJs. We have featured about two or three DJs. Mm-hmm. Once it's 12 midnight on the dot, we get on stage. Mm-hmm. But usually minimum of 12 on stage. Mm-hmm. And then we just play. And um, it was a repertoire of classics mm-hmm. and my originals and Tony Allen's music. Yeah. So it was purely Afrobeat. And we did, I did it for up to 10 years. Wow. Doing four shows, as, uh, yeah, four shows every three months, every quarter, mm-hmm. yeah, every quarter, every quarter. And then before you know it, the audience just kept growing bigger and bigger. When they took over the place, because the reason we stopped was because the lease expired and they mm-hmm. refused to renew the lease and because couldn't. somebody had come with more money. Yeah, of course, which is what happened. They just told my guy right up, I said, look, even if you are making money every night from this nonsense music you do, the money they've offered me is nothing compared to that those peanuts that you want to be earning on a on a on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sorry, I can't renew your list. I, I'm selling the list completely. I've got what I can do with this money they're giving me in bulk, you can't even understand. So that's how we lost the went. And we never we never could find another venue. Another venue was, that was adequate in terms of timings. Because mm-hmm. now we, we 
we moved to Jazz Cafe mm-hmm. after moving to three other venues. We ended up at Jazz Cafe. The Jazz Cafe were like, okay, we can we can do the night thing mm-hmm. because the particular crowd mm-hmm. that are into that late night thing. Mm-hmm. They want to saute into the venue around eleven o'clock, mm-hmm. twelve o'clock. They are what you call the night crawlers. Yeah, there's that market. Then there are the early birds. Oh, I want to, I want to, I want to have finished watching by nine thirty, so I can go home and gonna have my beauty sleep. Okay. <laughs> Hardcore rockers. Yeah, their night starts around midnight. Mm. So they will sort into some venues around two a.m. Mm-hmm. And they know that from two a.m. they are rocking till five a.m. in the morning, mm. minimum. Mm. So. They tried it in Jazz Cafe, and the neighbors, before you know it, we did like about, I think we did five or six sessions. And um, the neighbors petitioned the council. It got to last warning. And then it got to, okay, we're, we're, we're taking you to court. Wow. So Jazz Cafe had to change. They, t- they actually offered me to move it to earlier. Mm. Look, why don't you do an earlier set? And I was like, no. If we're doing an earlier set, we're going to have to call it some something else because yeah. that brand, Afro Vibration, that brand is peculiar to, it has to be a late set. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they say, okay, sorry, we can't do it because if we do it again, they will take our license. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Last strike. So we, we, we have to stop. And still, I'm still looking for a new venue. Until you know, and then... A new place. You need a place to grow it's like mm-hmm. what you do it's like we're old school this mm-hmm. thing you do this mm-hmm. is you uh where where can i um Fine. i need to see oh um i need to see the president of mm-hmm. um laughter i need to hear him man oh yeah he does a podcast he releases a podcast mm-hmm. frequently that's how you can get and you can be current with what he's doing mm-hmm. as opposed to if you don't have a place you can't be current yeah i mean you that's 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 one of the uh, you know we because we will talk about uh, the impact of the, the lockdown um, and you are absolutely right. The way I uh, found a way of growing was because I was performing all over all the comedy clubs. But if I had to start all over again, I would have found myself a place that I could call the present of on your venue, so that on a Friday night uh, every three months you will always come and you build your audience so that you know it's your audience and you then introduce new acts to it. But that's, that's a, hindsight is a very good thing. Um, yep. I wanted to ask you about Afrobeat, okay? So um, there's your Afrobeat and there's this new generation of Afrobeat. And at times I say to myself, they shouldn't call it Afrobeat because it isn't Afrobeat. It's a new, I don't know, maybe it's Afrobeat fusion or whatever. I, I, I would say a, a couple of uh, people have gotten together and branded it Afro pop. Okay. They call it Afro pop. It's more poppy. It's um, yeah. Because, um, <clears throat> it's interesting. It's an evolution of yeah. Afrobeat. Yes. But it's not. Uh, it's not the Afrobeat that fella created. Yes, definitely. It, it definitely. Borrows a lot of the elements. It borrows a lot of the. Um, semiotics, you know, yeah, yeah, but it's always implied. You can tell there's something in there, and you are like, hmm, there's something, but it's, I know this is not Afrobeat, 
<laughs> oh, no, no, this is not the last half of the day. Okay. But, no. okay, one more question, because when you originally started in, in, in England and you were building your audience, you had Nigerian clientele, yeah? Now, I've seen from Wikipedia, you know, like you rightly pointed out, you know, you play jazz cafe, you've been to international tours. Did you ever have, did you ever, for example, will go somewhere and obviously it's predominantly white, but you do, did you also have a Nigerian following at all? Well, I, I do have a Nigerian following, but they're not in the forefront. I just, like I would be in, in uh, I was in Denmark mm -hmm. and some Nigerian just came out. Okay. <laughs> I started, you know, and then he started from the other <laughs> You know, when you just see a sea of white faces yeah. and you think nothing of it and mm -hmm. then you are in your thing, you're grooving, everybody's grooving, everybody's smiling and happy. Mm -hmm dancing, getting down, and then so you just hear that Yoruba voice say, I want no one you, the You know, uh, it's such a beautiful thing to happen. I, I, I do, when things were good, before COVID arrived, I do uh, what they call the uh, Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Uh, and I went in 2015, it was my first Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and I went with a show called President Abonjo Stole My Identity. And it was a predominantly white audience. And all of a sudden, two boys came, two young men came, and they were Nigerians, and I had no idea. And um, I, love, I, love, I, love, I love improv. So as soon as I saw them, I said, guys, this is what happens when you come to Edinburgh. You end up finding that you have children in Edinburgh. <laughs> so they happen to be, and they happen to be Nigerians. So I put wow. them in the show and it was just unbelievable. But you see, because I, for me, performing at times can be a very lonely business, especially when you're out on the road. Yeah. Um, uh, things I used to do in Edinburgh as well, I like, try and find a Nigerian restaurant because ah, I'm eating pounded yam or I'm alive for a while and I'm on the road, I need to eat something, you know? And so when I see my people, I'm so excited by the fact that, geez, and then there's nothing, as great as even having your people appreciate what you do, even though it's different, even though it's something different. There's nothing, yeah. So I, I see where you're, 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 you're coming from with that. Look, this has been quite interesting uh, conversation and uh, a great eye opener. How has, how has the lockdown affected you in terms of entertainment? What have you been doing? <clears throat> I have just been keeping on. I've done a lot of self-reflection. Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of releasing, you know, say if you have no control over it, yeah. re relinquish mm -hmm. that uh, feeling of, I must be able to control my destiny. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the external forces mm -hmm. will put certain blockages yeah. and you just have to meander during those times you know if you like swimming circles it's okay yeah if you like just relax use that time to chill out whatever you do don't be hard on yourself mm -hmm. but remember this is a time for reflection this is a, a time to re uh, for a rebirth mm -hmm. if it's required mm -hmm. or it's a time for you to 
to um, make hay mm -hmm. for, in a way, create for the creatives. This is a hay making period for a lot of us mm -hmm. because for someone like you, you can write. Mm -hmm. You can write a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how your creative uh, process is, mm -hmm. but during the, out of these kind of situations, you can. You, you can't imagine the kind of things that you can come up with. Because like, you've got so much time on your hand. Yeah. There are no gigs, there are no weekly gigs, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, let me recreate. I'm, I'm imagining there's an audience in front of me mm -hmm. and I'm just going to ad lib and come up with something. Yeah. And then yeah. just take a pen and just start writing. If nothing comes, don't, don't worry. Yeah, exactly. You do it every day and some. So what I did, like if you see behind me, yeah, it was done this year. These two, I've got a duo project, Delicious Me X Medla. Okay. So we managed to release a couple of singles, you know, and nice. then my record label released them as vinyl. Yeah. And then this was a compilation called Wanted Apple Book from Diggers to Music Lovers. Okay. They licensed one of my track, which is Ego Better. Okay. And I don't know if you're familiar with track of mine, Ego Better. No, no, no. It, but I won't. It's one of those in like during this kind of lockdown times where you know you're you're challenged, seriously challenged, and it's like you don't remember that you're you're even a writer, you're a songwriter, or anything. Yeah. and then suddenly a moment of illumination, mm -hmm. ego better. Why he no go better? Yeah. Tomorrow go better. Tomorrow must better. By force it must better. Tomorrow go better than today. Mm. So I just used it as one of the songs on the album, and it really worked. So um, it got licensed uh, as part of another release, a compilation release, which is great. Yeah. 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 I was trying to see whether I could even find uh, It Go Better on YouTube. It Go Better. Why you I know better pass. Tomorrow must better pass. Like what you must better pass. So it go better. What does that actually mean in English? <laughs> we'll be better. Yeah, we'll be better. Because Why won't it be better? So for my viewers, so my for my viewers and listeners, um, ego better is speaking English. Ego better. So uh, <laughs> Direct translation means it will be better. better. Yeah. yeah. So Dele uh, or Delbert, as, as I must say, Delbert. <laughs> it's been it's been such an enjoyable conversation, and uh, I, I've really enjoyed hearing your story. For my viewers and listeners, um, if they want to find you, or they want to listen to your music, or when this uh, pandemic is over. Where can they find you? Well, I was supposed to be playing tonight, so funnily enough. Mm -hmm. If we were not in lockdown, I had two dates uh, okay. at the Jazz Cafe in Camden. Okay. So I would have performed yesterday night and I would have been performing tonight. But those okay. two dates have now been postponed till the 19th and 20th of May. Okay. Fingers crossed. Okay. But usually I'm very frequent. I do Jazz Cafe like uh, four to five to six times a year. Wow. So, and for, like I said, it would have been two nights. I would okay. have done yesterday night and tonight. Okay. So they, they postponed it 19th and 20th. Okay. And then 
if I'm not doing that, I'm usually with my quartet. Okay. I, I have a smaller outfit playing a jazzier, more improvisational side of Afrobeat. Okay. Where acoustic piano, double bass, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, percussion. Mm -hmm. So um, I usually will play places like 91 Living Room mm -hmm. or Juju's Bar mm -hmm. or Pizza Express or Ronnie Scott's or one mm -hmm. of those kind of places. And better still, on Spotify. Mm -hmm. There's Delicious Me on Spotify. There's Delicious Me mm -hmm. on Spotify. You can listen to the music. You can listen to the collaborations. And you can also probably... Uh, get an update of where the live performances will be at because okay. most of the time they get listed on Spotify. Spotify. Okay, cool. So, Dele rather than Delbert has told you where you can listen to him. I hope you guys have enjoyed what has been a fascinating interview. Uh, for me, the key message is this, that uh, you will face challenges and you will face adversity. How you... Yeah. Um, deal with adversity is what makes you stronger and yeah. we are all connected in one way or the other this is the point mm -hmm. i'd like to make you see people out there you have no idea what challenges they have faced along the way but they pick themselves up and it's very poignant because um when you listen and hear his story i hear lots of people moan about the pandemic and how it's affecting them and rightly so but folks ego better tomorrow is going to be better. It has to be. It can't continue like this. It has yeah. to be better. So make sure you have a positive frame of mind. And if you've been through trauma in any shape or form, find a way of getting rid of that trauma. It could be through music, yeah. like Dele's music. It could be through comedy. It could be through anything. Uh, just make sure you deserve better and make sure you take care of yourselves. Dele, I am so um, pleased that you joined me. Uh, it is obvious that we enjoyed ourselves because we've yeah. gone past the allocated time. <laughs> wow. It always happens. <laughs> but it's good. It's just good. It's good. Being a dictator, it's not good. <laughs> no, because I, yeah, because I got, I, I was, I, I also, you know, for me doing this podcast, I want to make sure I enjoy it as well. So it was, it was fun listening to you and i've learned so much from you but in terms of as a performer and also your inspiring um, story so uh guys we will publish this probably in a week's time uh so guys um look out for daily social media uh, don't forget i'm also on instagram i'm on twitter he's on I'm instagram not active, but you know i try and now i've i've i've, I've been reading a lot I've been educating myself, you know, and I was talking about, you remember I was talking about encyclopedia. Yeah, 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 yeah. When I was young, I used to just take one encyclopedia and start from page one and just yeah. be reading yeah, page yeah. by page. Yeah. But nowadays, you can go into, just go into Google. Yeah. Whatever topics, put it there. Whatever yeah. you want to read, you can just read them. So I've been doing a lot of reading just to stimulate my, my intellect, my creativity. And then when I've read, I then I say, okay, let me try and create. So watch out for the next releases. Yes, and um, I, I'm going to challenge you on a couple of things. Number one, I genuinely believe that you should be online. You should find a way of using Instagram and Twitter because that's the way to go. You should be having online performances. So that's what I want to hear. And number two, 
I am going to induct you. I always induct my new guests. You are now a Laughter Republic citizen. Yeah? Oh. I know you're British, I know you're Nigerian. You need to change your Wikipedia to say you're a Laughter Republic citizen. And uh, you and Ola are one of the few musicians in Laughter Republic at the moment. Not many. We just only have two in our nation at, at the moment. So I, I, hope, I, have, I hope you will accept your new citizenship. And I hope I you will accept it. <laughs> and I hope you will pledge allegiance to me. And I, I do mean it. I think one of the things I, I in terms of reflection on, on, on the lockdown, I never really had time to go and see other performers. And I'm not talking about other performers in terms of comedians. I never got the chance to go and listen to music live or to, to, mm. to, to go to an art studio because I was just so busy. So my challenge uh, when the lockdown is over is to come and watch you perform. Yeah. I'd, love, I'd, I'd love to do that because I, I think well, I'll give you both that. Yeah, definitely. I, I would, yeah, definitely. So thank you so much. Eshe gone. Eshe means thank you so much. I, I, I really respect uh, this man for his music. And um, uh, I, I would talk to you about another project. I'm going, I, I might say, uh, when I spoke to Ola, and he said, uh, perhaps I need to create a character called Ajebota because there's so Ajibota. many. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's so many Ajebotas out there who want to hear the stories of Ajebota, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we can talk about that some other time. So guys, thank you very much. Dili, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Take care. All the best. Bye.